1: I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie, And we are Paranormal Chicks. Episode 232. And as you can hear, we're still remote, but that's just because we leave for Dallas uh, tomorrow. And Colby and I are going to be out of quarantine before we leave. Yes, and I can't wait to see you face-to-face. Well, I have some stuff real quick. Okay. One, I watched Blackbird... Damn it. I was going to tell them all about that show that I told you about. You told me about it on an episode. Oh. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but yeah. Are you sure I didn't tell you in chat? No, I know you told me on an episode. Oh, okay. Okay. Goodbye. Okay. Back to maybe bed. you didn't. Now you're making me second guess myself. I
2: really don't think because I think I told you with Greek Mom and Morgan, and y'all were all like, oh my God, it's on my to watch list. Oh. Well, uh-huh.
1: I'll let you tell about it, but I was just going to say
2: it was good. But it was real slow. I could see that. So if you have Apple TV, that's what it was on. It was called Blackbird. Basically, this guy goes to jail and they give him the, well, prison, and they give him the opportunity to get out early if he can get a confession from a potential serial killer.
1: And it's based on true story.
2: Right. I will say that there were a couple of things I was like, it was like the start of a plot line that I was like, where'd that go?
1: Yeah. Like, it just
2: disappeared,
1: you know? Yeah. See, I'm not one to be on my phone during TV or anything, but I was on my phone during a lot of that, because it was just like, it was just slow, and you didn't have to, like, look at the thing, but it was really good, and everyone who was in it was really good. Like, the guy who played the potential serial killer looked just like the guy. That, he, his acting,
2: like, second only to the guy who played Ed Kemper in Mindhunter.
1: Yes, yes.
2: Like, you believe that he is him.
1: Yes! So, like, everything was really good. It was just slow. It was one of those that you can't just be like, I'm on the edge of my seat. Where is this gonna go? It's like, no, where where is this gonna go? But then by the end, it's like you're so invested.
2: Yeah, it, I loved it. I thought it was really good. And it's only six episodes, so... But it slow-team. felt
1: so much longer. I I don't think that. Well, again, because you don't mind pl- you that you don't do one thing. So, but like, for me, who normally does one thing, I watched some TikToks and shit while I was doing it because. Sometimes there wasn't any fucking dialogue, really. And I'm like, eh.
2: Yeah, like right now, I'm literally tracing the letters on my um, mouse pad Morgan gave us (laughs) while you talk. Ooh,
1: and that's a Ouija board. She's basically playing with a Ouija board. Yeah, but I'm not because I'm just tracing the letters. Uh I'm not going in words. uh Sure, sure. Or what made you trace those letters? You could be possessed. No, Jesus. But I'll tell you something. My nanny. All right. Get ready for it so oh, yes <laughs> yeah so my sister susan uh she came and like saw my nanny she lives in a uh i'm going grocery store that's that's where i would like to live but um she li- no you wouldn't i know i would to cook your shit uh no i'd go into the frozen i know how to do a pizza <laughs> um but snacks though endless snacks oh my god cheese it's galore yes Um, but anyway, so she came to see my nanny. Oh, she lives in like assisted living, nursing home, all that thing. And not a grocery store. Yeah, not a grocery store. (laughs) So she came to see her and uh, she was like, hey, do you want to do lunch? And it's close to, like, it's in the town that Tiffany lives in. So I was like, hey, you're off. Do you want to do Mexican with us? Because that Mexican in Purvis is so good. Well, so we're there just chatting, whatevs. And I had forgot to tell Tiffany and you that Nanny's boyfriend, he died. Oh, shit. Yes. And he died from covid (gasps) <gasps> so, oh so no so like did he, nanny get it because you know they were making out Well, just wait so he like was coughing really bad one night and he she was like someone needs to help him like he sounds like he's coughing up a lung and that was the last night she saw him oh god know, okay you're having the same emotions that i had okay and i said well did nanny get it and she said no and Nanny hasn't gotten it, and her roommate had it, her boyfriend. And I don't know if they kissed a whole lot, but, you know, she well. was sucking that D. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't get COVID from dick. <laughs> you can't kill the devil either. <laughs> <laughs> but let me tell you, she said, I didn't get it. And I'll tell you why I didn't get it. Oh, God. Crest toothpaste. She uses <laughs> Crest <laughs> Wait, that's what I use? What the fuck? (laughs) I'm not going to tell her. (laughs) Then she'll get COVID. (laughs) Oh, my God. I almost choked on a fucking chip. Like, and you know, I don't have a good Mexican restaurant. Like, (laughs) (laughs) no, you you tea out in your plate. (laughs) Yes. Out of my nose. And then I was sick for like a whole month. (laughs) But I was like, wait, what? And Tiffany reminded me that my Uncle Bob, he had fallen and she said, I think it was that Whopper that he ate the burger yes! cake. <laughs> yes, I remember that. <laughs> Nanny, your cause and effect is not. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> so I had like my two things to write down that I had, and I said, Nanny saying crewess toothpaste is saving her from COVID. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh, God, now COVID's going to try to sponsor someone and be like, and please do not say we save you from COVID. (laughs) Right. Asterisk, asterisk.
2: Well, since you stole my thunder about Blackbird, can I at least shout out our Patreoners? So thank you so much. Dodie C from
1: Texas. Kim M from Australia. Brittany H. from Tennessee. Christopher V. from Texas. That was me fucking up, but from Texas. (laughs) Why can't I get my Texas back? Maybe you'll get it this weekend. Okay.
2: Jessica H. from Illinois.
1: And Heather A. from Nebraska. Thank y'all
2: so much for joining Patreon. If you want in all the shenanigans that we've got going on, head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast.
1: All right, since we're going to Dallas, I thought I needed to do a story about a haunting in Dallas. So I'm going to talk about the Adolphus Hotel. It was built by Adolphus Bush, and yes, he is the co-founder of Anheuser-Busch, He had made his money in St. Louis with beer, but he wanted to do real estate in Dallas. And so, the hotel has 22 floors, and it was the tallest building in Texas for several years. And he did not hold any punches when it came to making that hotel as grand as grand could be. He opened the hotel to the public on October 5th, 1912, and everyone loved it. Like, couldn't believe how extravagant everything was. Like, it was so opulent, and It became where all the she-she people stayed while traveling. Presidents like George H.W. Bush, he stayed there. Queen Elizabeth II, Bob Hope, Jack Benny, like a shit ton of people. All of them stayed there. And also, it was featured in a travel book about being safe and welcoming for everyone, no matter their race, which was super huge at the time in 1936 when that was published. So I thought that was really cool. In the 1980s, it had a makeover to the tune of $80 million. In what year? 1980s. So it was really added to the grandeur, and by 1983, the hotel was added to the National Register of Historic Places. But we're not here to talk about how grand the hotel is. We're here to talk about the guest that never checked out, right? So, first thing first, the elevator is a hot spot of activity. And I do not like to know that because I am not taking the stairs. I have to take the elevator. And, like, oh, like, oh, God. Anyway, there have been several people who have fallen down the shaft or crushed to death. Oh, my God. Yes. It didn't take long for the tragedy to strike just. 2 weeks after the opening there is a waiter who like had just gotten here from Italy he was waiting to get on the elevator but he turned his head and said something to someone behind him and he stepped onto the elevator as he was saying it you know like just talking while walking and he fell 3 floors to the elevator shaft like through it to the bottom and the fall was really hard obviously but it crushed his skull. He didn't die right away but he did die two hours after he arrived at the hospital and then the elevator saw another victim in 1917 and it was the liftman or the elevator attendant And he was missing his ride going up. And so he thought, oh, I can jump and make it. The doors are still open. And he was young. He was like 16. But he didn't time it correctly and instead fell to the basement floor. He also smashed his skull And broke both of his legs. Continuing with elevator accidents in 1924, in October of that year, there was a cook who was waiting on the elevator and he was just growing impatient. Like, what the hell? is taking it so long. So he stuck his head in like the open shaft to be like, where is the elevator? What's holding it up? But seconds later, the elevator that was going down to get him came straight down and killed him instantly jeez. then in 1971 there is an employee who was talking to his co-worker and making sure the elevator had made it to the second floor because they needed to load some band equipment and shit in there and the co-worker was like yeah it's here and he was walking towards the elevator when he was saying that and he stepped into an empty elevator shaft and he fell to the basement and died instantly jeez these people are trusting an elevator is there way too often for especially like the old elevators that uh uh Mm-mm. Because of all this tragedy that happened in the elevator, there's lots of activity that happens there today. The elevator door opens and closes by itself. Guests and employees have heard like groaning and like painful moaning, just in a elevator with no one else in there. Some have even heard the, yes, it's here, which they assume is from that last victim of the elevator when he was saying it's here for the band equipment. Uh, Some, though, and I feel like this is worse, they, if they ride it at night, sometimes they get on and there's a person there in an old uniform and they're like mangled You know, so so the victims that did crush their skull and all the things, like, they're there. Now, there is one spirit that rivals the elevator ghost because she is very well-known, and that is the lady in white. There is a young bride who was going to get married in the hotel, and this was in 1935. And all the guests were in the ballroom on the 19th floor waiting for her, and, well, they were waiting for the groom, too so everything was pretty much out of standstill and they ended up waiting a few hours and the bride felt ashamed like she was the reason the groom left you know he doesn't love me because i didn't do something right and so she ran off crying people dispersed into their hotel rooms you know like trying to figure out what happened what's going to happen and a few hours later her body was discovered hanging above the altar. Oh, my God. Yes. So, guests who say they stay on the 19th floor, they say they hear a woman crying. They hear footsteps like they're running down the halls. And some employees have even said in the ballroom, they hear a rope, like, cracking, creaking, like it's straining to hold the body up. So... I don't know. That's just very sad. A lot of people say that they feel watched on the 19th floor and have felt a presence in their room. Nothing harmful, but it's just looming, you know? The young Brad's apparition, which again... Lady in White, has been witnessed by various people. They say that she's still in her white wedding dress and her veil. And some people say that they hear a music box play when they see her or feel her nearby. And you know how I feel about a music box. Well, it's just because it's always used in scary movies. Yes, Oh, I don't like it. I mean, I like it, but I don't like it. (laughs) One time, there was this waiter at the hotel that brought his girlfriend up to the 19th floor when he was off work. And they were going to see if they could see the lady in white. Right when they got off the elevator, there was a blast of hot air. And then they felt like they were being followed. And they just couldn't shake that feeling. Even when they went back downstairs to the 10th floor where they were staying, they still felt like that presence was there following them also on the 19th floor there have been guests who heard music playing in the middle of the night but it's like that big band era music which was frequently played in that ballroom they had a lot of bands in there and they call down, security comes to check, finds nothing, hears nothing, you know, but it's a lot of times that that's happened. And even though the elevators saw a lot of deaths, there were tons of other deaths just as tragic, like when a two-year-old boy climbed up on the windowsill to watch the band play in the street. The screen gave out, and he fell 12 stories below and died instantly. There were also some deaths due to fires, and they think, they might have been self-started like by accident because back then you could smoke in the rooms and if someone fell asleep smoking you know and then they wake up and their room is ablaze one i watch middle juice i know (laughs) one guy he was like yelling like with the smoke bellowing out the windows and everything and he was yelling like please someone come and help me like come save me um but he then just like jumped and he didn't make it. All of those deaths are tragic, but there was a murder that happened in 1959, where a 25-year-old sex worker was shoved out of the window and fell to her death. There's other paranormal activity, like ghosts being tapped on the shoulder, but, you know, they turn around, no one's there. And that usually happens to housekeeping. There's loud bangs from slamming doors, windows opening up on their own, loud knocks on the wall. All of that sounds like really bad hotel guests, but I understand. Like, if no one's around and that happens, it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, shit. At the bar, bottles are moved around in the display case, you know? And so it's just like, (laughs) what did I say? You just say display. So,
2: like you say, display and dispatch. So funny and I love it. (laughs) display
1: display display in the why display I, case <laughs> why do i say that but then you're the one who says covid and i say covid yeah. like that yeah. doesn't make sense like it should be the other way around because i do <laughs> say that kind of shit and then i say company weird Mm-hmm. I love it. There was one lady who was a regular at the bistro in the hotel, which sounds like my kind of girl, and she still went there even after she passed away. They would see her walk in, sit at her favorite table, and then vanish. Now there was one guest who wrote on FrightFind.com and they said they stayed there in 2004 and they had a paranormal experience. They heard really loud stomping above their room, like people running, and then they heard people running in the hall. So they got up to see, like if they could see out the peephole, and they could. They could see like all the hall and no one was there, but then There were some people that walked into their room from nowhere. It was men, women, and there was music playing. And some of them were smoking cigarettes. And, you know, in 2004, you weren't smoking inside anymore. But then they were like, what the fuck is going on? Those people walked straight to the window and disappeared. So, that's what I found on the Adolphus Hotel.
2: What the hell with the elevator, though? Like, did they ever replace it, I wonder? Yeah. Or is it still like, oh, okay.
1: No, they did replace it. But it's not like a big elevator. It's like one of those small ones that uh, me, you, and Tiffany could fit on together, but not when we had a lot of luggage.
2: It reminds me of, of course, I've never seen this elevator for me to say what it reminds me of, but when we went to the Fox Theater yes! in Atlanta, that's what I'm picturing.
1: Yes, but it wasn't that big because that one was actually kind of big, right? Yeah, but I'm
2: saying like like yeah. that thing, that, that elevator had like a sitting area. That elevator was huge, but I'm talking yes. about just like the style, like how old it was. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like a cage, you know, all that. Yeah, that was making me super nervous. But again, I wasn't walking upstairs. <laughs>
2: Look, I'm already hot enough, even though it's winter outside. People got the heaters on thinking that it's actually cold. So, I, you know, I was sweating down.
1: Oh my God. Look, I get nervous, I sweat. It's hot. I sweat. And it was that cold sweat, too. Like, Uh it was just, oh, oh my God, too many things. A crowd. All the things. And look, I'm trying to look good. So, I
2: had my hair down. My hair was never down.
1: (laughs) I was sweating. (laughs) That's the one thing bad about my short hair is, like, when I had longer hair, at least the bottom part, like the underneath, like, it could be a fucking, um, it could be sopping wet underneath, and you wouldn't know it if my hair didn't move. Not with my short hair. It's, like, the smallest It tells thing. all your secrets. Yes. And it's like, girl, you, you sweating, huh? Like, yeah. <laughs> and, like, they drop. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, your head does sweat. Mine's, like, my face, my back, you know, all the rolls. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah my back sweats some but it's not it's my head my fucking head. I know all
2: those, like all the people who can wear like open back shirts and stuff. I'm like, one can't back boobs, but two, like you would be able to see the sweat rolling down all the back. Like, how do you do that?
1: Okay, well let's just be honest. You will never be able to do that because you wear powder, and they'd be like, "What? Why is you have that paste? Yeah, <laughs> your powder and your
2: uh, sweat is mixing and is making a paste, Ross Geller. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh god i know i was thinking about um my dad whenever i took a shower today because he always used to say that whenever i put my baby powder on i just poured it in my hands and like threw it up in the air and ran under it yeah and I'm like it's a little more sophisticated than now you got to pick up the roll dad again <laughs> but it's funny that you talk about my powder because i was just thinking about dad and how he used to say that today
1: yes
2: well you know who doesn't care about how i put powder on colby felix gray ma'am
1: Oh, because Colby does care. (laughs) No, he doesn't care. He does. He doesn't. He doesn't care. It's just, it's not the thing he loves about you. It makes him cough.
2: He does. It just makes him cough when he comes to the shower after I know.
1: I used to be Colby.
2: But he truly doesn't care. He's like, it smells good. I love it. I know. Okay, enough of the powder. Back to Felix Grey. They are back, and y'all know we love our Felix Grey. They are the original blue light blockers. They block 15 times more blue light than anybody else on the market. They are the bee's knees. Also, they're cute as shit.
1: They really are, just like me. Sometimes scary, but me.
2: (laughs) Ma'am. Not today, though, because I'd be packing and stuff for our Dallas trip. It'd be... It's bad. But my little purple feel it's gray
1: they'd be looking cute they do and they fit your face so well and then mine fit my big old head but like we can't switch but that's what's so good about the website
2: though is that it it shows you like how wide they are so you can really see like okay are these frames too big for my face like it gives you dimensions but there's not so many options that you're like holy crap overwhelmed right it's like the perfect amount
1: Yes. And again, y'all know that I work from home. I'm always on my computer. And so I wear my Felix Grays. definitely when I'm having to stare at the computer and like be meticulous because I need them because when I don't wear them, guess what I have? Headaches. I have like from eye strain, all the things. And you know what that interrupts? Sleep.
2: I know the other day at work, I had a long time where I was at the computer and I was like, where the hell are my Felix Gray glasses? Like I had left them at home. I was like digging in my drawer being like, did I leave them here? No, they were home.
1: Ugh, it's a mistake you don't want to make. And even more of a mistake is not getting the Felix Gray's in the first place if you have kids they got glasses for them if you need readers they got glasses for you with the readers if you have terrible eyesight like me you can get prescription if you are like carrie and you need a prescription but you refuse to get one they have regular glasses
2: (laughs) She coming for me today. (laughs) But y'all, do not miss out. Felix Grey, they got free shipping, free returns, free exchanges. Go to FelixGreyGlasses.com slash creep so that you can get in on this Felix Grey good good for the cutest blue light blocking glasses ever. And seriously,
1: they are the best blue blockers on the block. (laughs) LOL. <laughs> okay, seriously, go to Felixgrayglasses.com slash creep. And that's F-E-L-I-X-G-R-A-Y Glasses.com
2: slash creep. You will not be disappointed. But if they're not what exactly you wanted, you get the free exchanges, free returns, free shipping.
1: And if it's free, it's for me, and you, and you, and you.
2: Okay, so I know serial killers aren't your favorite, Donna, oh, but, my but look, but this was a recommendation from Ashlyn, aka Creepneys, so like, I know you love her, so just like, sh- forget about it.
1: I'm giving you side eye, Ashlyn.
2: But this one is, he's pretty fucking terrible, and it's gonna piss you off. I mean, they all piss you off, but like, when you look at his face, I'm like, I've either looked him up so many times and never done this story, or... I've done this story, and I couldn't find it in oh, the episode guide, but I did look. So if I've done this story, sorry. No, I'm just kidding. I really don't think I have. So you know how much we like to like look into the killer's background to see why did they do the things that they do? And we definitely see that he has all the components of the terrible triad that make you a serial killer. So I do mm-hmm. want to talk a good bit about his background. Now, with that said... I feel like we should take some of it with a grain of salt because a lot of it does come from him. And, you know, he tries to boast and do all the things, which some of the stuff I'm like, why would you want to boast about that? But here we are. So we're talking about Arthur Shawcross. Arthur also goes by art. You
1: have done this. Shut up. Yeah, you
2: haven't. (laughs) Oh, my God. My heart just (laughs) shot out my ass, Donna. (laughs) Oh my God. <laughs> like, if you saw his face, you'd be like, like, i That, I, that
1: last thing really does sound familiar there,
2: but I. Off, ca- off camera. We don't do cameras, but. <laughs> in a pause, I showed Donna what he looked like because, like, I am really am scared that I've done this one before. <laughs> and she said that he looks like the dad from Abducted in Plain Sight and said that may be what I'm getting confused. Okay. So, Art was born June 6, 1945. He was born about a month premature. He was. Pretty little. He was only five pounds and he stayed in the hospital for 20 days. He was born with XYY chromosomes, which is not usual. Girl, he had a sister named Donna. Just she must it. be
1: freaking amazing.
2: <laughs> but anyway, he was one of four kids.
1: This Donna is too.
2: He was a bit delayed in his development, like walking a little bit later and all of that. But I don't feel like that's. Super uncommon for someone that was born that premature. But anyway, now, when it comes to how he was raised, there's definitely some conflict as far as how, like what he says happened when he was a child and what his family says happened when he was a child. Basically, his family was like, he was a perfectly happy kid. There was no issues. Everything was wonderful. But he's like, no, I was beaten with belts and broom handles. And his dad would beat him with a belt, and the buckle would draw blood. However, with that said, I was spanked with a belt, too, growing up. And I'm not a serial killer. So, either way, it's like, he was born in 1945. Like, he is five years older than my parents. So, it's like, that's definitely how they were raised. And then even that age of parents is how they raised us, you know? So, I feel like now, in today's world when you say a child was spanked with a belt like we realize the ramifications of that but I feel like that was just kind of how everybody was raised back then not saying it makes it right but I don't think that was so out of the norm people got paddled at school but he was a frequent bedwetter and he was raised one of those kids where it's like You leave the house at dawn and you don't come back till dusk and Mm -hmm. maybe come back to eat. But, like, for the most part, parents didn't really have anything to do with him. And he did a lot of baby talk. Like, even as, like, a kindergartner, first grader, all of that, he did a ton of baby talking. And it was usually to imaginary friends. So last podcast on the left does two episodes on him and they do a really good deep dive into what school was like for him and all of this growing up. But Art was a bully at school. He was super, super mean to kids. Because like he was this kind of oddball kid who had imaginary friends way older than most kids have imaginary friends that he like baby talked to and all of that. And so you know, he was teased a little bit, but then it was You like, know
1: he was teased a lot for that then.
2: But but then it he flipped the script on him and he became the bully.
1: Yeah. So that yeah. didn't
2: so it didn't last long of people bullying him because then he became the bad guy.
1: Right. I'm just saying, don't say he was teased a little bit. You know how mean kids are. True. But there was
2: at one point when he was nine, he was hit in the head with a stone and And that, of course, caused a little bit of a brain injury.
1: What in the lottery is going on? Good Lord.
2: But we know that that's one of the big things, like the bedwetting, the head trauma, and the other one, of course, cruelty to animals, which he had, we'll go into later. So, according to old art... He had his first sexual encounter when he was nine, and that, he said, was with his aunt. Oh, gosh. But then he also says that, like, as he got older, there were sexual encounters with his mother and one of his sisters. And God. that allegedly, this is all allegedly, but allegedly the, like, he had, like, a longstanding sexual relationship with his sister.
1: Like, him sexually assaulted her?
2: No, together. Or- like, like, oh, okay. Almost like a consensual, I mean, not that you can have a consensual relationship like that with siblings because that's so fucked up, but but like, no, it was like allegedly okay. for a long time this happened, like years. Okay. He said that when he was 11 and his mom caught him masturbating, that she threatened him with a butcher knife and she stuck a broom handle in his rectum.
1: Oh my gosh. Now, of course,
2: the mom is like, I didn't fucking do that. But right. he says that it did. He also says that he had um sexual encounters not only with his aunt, his mom, and his sister, with a cousin and a female neighbor. But when that neighbor's brother found out, the brother forced him to have sex with him. Which that didn't fucking happen. But it you was around. don't real- know
1: if that happened or not. I, I just don't buy it. I just don't buy that there's there's people like um uh boys don't cry where they hate a certain type and they're like whatever but then they sexually assault the person that they're saying whatever i i do agree with that however his stories change a lot
2: and i just feel like it's like i had this sexual encounter and then this one and then this one and then look how amazing i am because i had this one and this one and this one and then we find out later down the road that he really did have Um, issues with impotence and so it's like is he like being boastful about his younger days because we know he had trouble with like an erectile dysfunction later in life Mm -hmm. and his story changed so much so around the time that he was 14 there was apparently this like farmer in his life who okay this is so graphic and i only heard this on last podcast on the left but, um, this farmer cut all the hair off of a sheep, cut its tail off, and was like, see, that's what a woman looks like. And, like, cut showed its him... tail off? Yeah, like, showed him how to have sex with animals.
1: <gasps> no. Like,
2: sheep, dogs,
1: chickens. <gasps> what? <laughs> now, there ain't no way... Well, a chicken can lay an egg, so I guess. This man is fucking disgusting, and so is that farmer. Like, that oh my god like see this is why i wish saul was a real thing sometimes because i want that farmer to fucking wake up and be like oh you did this you have to go through this thing i can't think of what saul does but you know what i mean yeah like the twisted shit because that's what he deserves that please tell me i want an alpaca
2: i don't know if from the alpacas but sheeps chicken and whatever the dogs and stuff yes
1: God, that just breaks my heart. You know
2: the um, YouTuber? Well, I know you know her, Bailey Syrian. Uh huh. She, she did this on an episode too, and I cracked up at this because it talked a lot of things. Talked about how he was two years behind in school and eventually dropped out because he was so behind. And a lot of things talked about his low IQ, like it was borderline intellectual disability. It was so low. Mm-hmm she was like why do we know all these serial killers iqs like who knows their yeah. iq like why do we know all these serial killers iqs
1: yeah i was like damn that's so true yeah i don't know my iq or my blood type well, you I don't fucked. know nothing i know i'm hungry
2: so he had started breaking into some different stores and that kind of thing and eventually did marry his first wife when he was about 18, 19. And that's who he had his first son with. Well, eventually, he gets drafted into the army. This is when he's 20. And he later... This is part of why I'm like... Because he later tells about he had like over 30 kills in Vietnam. And all this like stuff about his... Um, all this stuff about his time in Vietnam. But like he never saw battle. like He never mm. saw... The battlefield, I guess I should say. Like he was not like a foot soldier in that way. And so he just embellishes so much. Yeah, He ended up being married four different times. And with his second wife, there was a domestic violence situation in which she was four months pregnant and he caused a miscarriage because of how he abused her.
1: Every time I think about domestic violence, the first thing that pops into my head is fried green tomatoes.
2: That's so funny. Uh, I thought you were going to say the movie Enough.
1: Oh, that's a good one. That's right after. But Fried Green Tomatoes. Frank kicking her down the last yes. bit of those stairs and stuff. Ugh.
2: I think, too, because earlier when you said block like six times.
1: Uh, <laughs> Jenny from the block.
2: Yeah. When he was about 24, he was arrested for some arson and was sentenced to five years in Attica. And he's like... I was raped by three black inmates, like of course they were. Of course, they were black inmates. And he's like, right. i got I got revenge. sure you did,
1: oh God, yeah.
2: But then he was later paroled after he was transferred to another prison because a riot broke out and he really did save um, like a corrections officer's life. And so they did parole him. That's when he started dating and married his third wife. While he was married to his third wife is when we meet his first victim. His name was Jack Blake and he was only 11 years old. What? So, Art was on police's radar because Jack was one of their neighbors, and Art had just recently taken him, like, fishing or something, and so police knew that he was one of the last people to have seen him alive,
1: Mm-mm. and it took
2: months before they found his body, but when they did, they realized that Jack had not only been strangled, he had been sexually assaulted, and his genitals had been cut and eaten. What? And that allegedly that whoever had done this, a.k.a. Art, had returned back to the gravesite to have sex with the body multiple times.
1: Oh, my God. We hate him.
2: Told you. So that was in April of 1972. In September of 1972, an eight-year-old girl named Karen Ann Hill goes missing and they find her body. She, too, had been raped strangled and mutilated
1: oh my gosh so
2: long story short of that police end up figuring out that it was him and arrest him and after they like bring him in he confesses but what ends up happening is they don't have a lot to convict him on Jack's murder. So they just convict him on Karen's because he takes a plea deal for like second degree murder instead of first degree murder and they never charge him with Jack's murder. So he gets sentenced to 25 years in prison. But guess what happens?
1: Overcrowding.
2: No. He gets paroled after 14 and a half years for good behavior.
1: Oh my gosh.
2: However, the psychologists were like nah bruh. And then one of the um, parole officers said, at the risk of sounding melodramatic, I consider this man to be possibly the most dangerous individual to be released to this community in many years. What? Yeah. So, he gets out of prison, and he moves around a lot. Because as soon as he gets to a new community, they're like, hold up. You're that motherfucker that killed those two kids. hmm Get out. Like, you're not you're not welcome here.
1: Right. So. Good.
2: So, what ends up happening is they, like, seal his case. So, what? Yeah. So, let's make life easier for this child murderer. Let's make yeah. it so much easier for him. Yeah. So, they seal his case so that he can go and move somewhere else and basically, like, hide his identity. Wow. So, him and his wife at the time moved to the Rochester, New York area. Now, in this area, there's, like, a booming red light district. And eventually sex workers start to go missing. Oh, my
1: gosh.
2: So, Art's first victim was Dorothy Blackburn.
1: Well, but third total.
2: Correct. Okay, okay. But adult. Correct. So, she was a sex worker and had allegedly agreed to oral sex for $30. But he he later said that she bit his penis drawing blood. And that, that like, sent him into a rage, blah, blah, blah. A.K.A. he's a douchebag. And he ended up killing her. He strangled her. Oh, gosh. He strangled her, dumped her body into the river. And there was evidence that he had eaten her labia. What? Uh
1: Uh-huh. Okay. So
2: then in July of 1989, 28-year-old sex worker Anna Steffen... so apparently what happened was that he hired her and like 40 minutes into what they were trying to do he still hadn't gotten an erection and so she's like berating him for it and he ends up strangling her as well
1: okay for that I know she's not because she's not gonna care like hey if we did it for an hour and that's what it's paid for like peace right you know what i mean if Like it was she's time
2: not, unless it was like yeah okay i'll you know give you oral sex for thirty dollars and then and then he took that long you know because time is money yeah
1: yeah 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 for sure even
2: if she did though she didn't deserve to fucking die
1: no for sure not like i'm not saying at all it's her fault or anything but i'm just like he keeps putting these the blame on these women like she bit my penis or she berated me or whatever and it's like okay but neither of those make it okay that you killed them like it shouldn't send you into like I see red and I'm going to go through with it Mm
2: -hmm. well the next victim Dorothy Keller She was killed July 29th, 1989. She was a little bit different, though. She was a housekeeper for Art and his wife at the time. But I guess they had been having an affair, and she was going to tell his wife about it. And so he bludgeoned her to death.
1: Well, you know, it probably wasn't... A consensual affair.
2: Right. This is one of those, just like the very first victim with Jack, that he went back to see the body multiple times and continued to assault the body. Oh, my gosh. So, around this time, and I'm not really sure exactly where on the timeline, but police do go to these sex workers and in the area, and they're like, look, like somebody's coming after y'all. And they're like... Yeah, and the last person that all these people are seen with is like a Mike or a Mitch. Like, they're not, you know, they can't really, they don't really know. But then Patty Ives, um, she's a 25-year-old sex worker. Her body's found. And then June Stotts, a 30-year-old, um, but she was a neighbor that had an intellectual disability. Fuck him. Yeah. Allegedly, they had sex and that she was going to tell people, a.k.a. he probably raped her and she was mm-hmm. going to tell people. Um, but she he killed her and then just like before, went back to visit the body and had sex with her corpse, cut her open and also ate her vagina. Oh my God. Then Francis Brown, twenty one year old sex worker, allegedly he suffocates her by like like with his penis.
1: Oh my God.
2: And then um Marie Welch was a twenty two year old sex worker. Um he strangled her because she allegedly lied to him about being on her period.
1: Oh my gosh.
2: But then there was a Joanne Van Nostrand who, um, was a sex worker that actually got away. So he tried to strangle her and she pulled a knife on him and was like, "Fuck you, no you don't." And she mm-hmm. actually got away and she told police the same thing that they'd heard before. His name was like Mike or Mitch or something of that nature. There was another sex worker named Elizabeth Gibson and then Darlene Trippy. Um, they were both strangled. He said that Darlene had made fun of him for not being able to get an erection. Felicia Stevens, a 29-year-old sex worker, but she was African-American, so that was a little bit different than his normal MO. And then um, June Cicero, she was a 34-year-old sex worker that he strangled her because she allegedly, too, made fun of him for not being able to get an erection. And then, again, allegedly said that she was going to tell police who he was. With her, he came back a few days later, cut her up, and ate her vagina as well. Oh, God bless. So when they found her body at first with June, they knew that this was his MO was to come back to the bodies. Right now. I've heard Mm -hmm. this a couple of different ways. I've heard that the police staked out her body to, um, to see if he like came back. Um, another way I heard it was that they found her purse and they were like looking around the area to see if they could find her body. And they found a man, But either way, at first, they found this guy when they were staking this out or, like, just trying to find the body. They found a guy that they couldn't tell if he was peeing or masturbating because it was, like, from far away. But they were Mm -hmm. able to see that he had a van, and they were able to get the license plate number and find out that it's not Mitch or Mike and find out it's a guy named Arthur Shawcross, So, when they get him into custody, he ends up writing, like, an 80-page confession. They try to do an insane plea, but basically, he's found guilty, and he is sentenced to 250 years in prison. While he was in prison, he got married, and then he had, like, he started doing art, but he started selling it on (laughs) eBay. Art by art? (laughs) Right. But he started selling it on eBay, and so they were like, uh, no, you don't. Can't do that. But in 2008, he died at the age of 63 in prison.
1: Wow.
2: Yeah, he's a shit human. He is. We hate him. Before we delve into the rest of this story and we pick apart why we hate this guy, we got to tell you about Java House, who's helped me stay up to do all my research
1: on these stories. Right. And we love Java House. Like, can't get enough of Java House.
2: It's so good. It's it's smooth. It's not bitter. And that's because they slow-seep their coffee grounds in chilled water for 12 to 24 hours instead of scorching the beans in hot water for just a few minutes.
1: Right. Okay, so Tiffany was over at my house, and she was like, is this that coffee from the ad? And I was like, yeah. So she likes hot coffee. So she put it in the Keurig, worked like a charm. And seriously, Tiffany needs to have her own... YouTube, where she rates things like rates and reviews, but she took it and she said, Oh, shit, now that's good coffee. (laughs) (laughs) And proceeded to have two cups. So, seriously, I love Java House as cold brew, but Tiffany, she was like, That is a good flavor all by itself. For sure.
2: It's good cold brew, it's good hot brew. But what I love too, though, is it comes in pods, it comes in concentrate, and it comes on tap. Like wine in a box, coffee in a box, which is my fave.
1: Yes. It's all about ease and convenience. And you know I am easy and I like it easy. Well,
2: and here's the thing too, is like it doesn't give you that bad heartburn because I love coffee and I love to drink a lot of coffee. But you know when you drink too much coffee and it makes you so sick? It don't yes. do that because it's so smooth.
1: Also, they do have decaf. They have different flavors like Colombian, like a dark roast, a light roast. That's an Ethiopian uh, roast. I mean, it's, they got it all, all right? And it's all so freaking good.
2: But what's even better is you're going to get 10% off your first order.
1: 10 is the magic number for me. Cold brew is... And 10% off of that cold brew? Hell yeah. Let's go over to javahouse.com and use promo code CREEP. C-R-E-E-P. That's going to give you 10%
2: off of this amazing coffee that I know you're going to love. So whether you like cold brew or... Or you like a little
1: hot, 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 head on over to javahouse.com and use promo code CREEP. And I'm just saying, tag us in a coffee pick with you drinking it because it's so good. We're probably drinking it out of a cup too.
2: I told you, even though you don't really love serial killers, you would hate him.
1: Yeah, for sure. Like, one, harming kids, not a good thing. Like, we hate him already. Mm -hmm. Harming animals and Farm animals? This motherfucker. And chickens! <laughs> when
2: I said chickens, you're what? Maybe one of my favorite moments. But here's the thing. Not only did he kill kids the motherfucker got paroled
1: right how is that and then like hey my life is hard so can we uh seal these records so i can have a normal life and go on to kill others Go on and to kill like, 11 yeah. like what 11 more people and it's like okay here's the thing too he didn't just kill kids all right he mutilated mm-hmm. them and could quite possibly allegedly pretty sure he did eat part of them Uh like in no way should someone who does that be paroled yep like that right there all of that it's like a checklist of sorry you can't be paroled if he was ticking those boxes and they're like well i think he's good he's good he did save that guard uh okay well, like let him have some outside
2: more outside time that guard was when he was in jail for the arson ma'am oh sorry get his uh prison dates correct in your brain because right. he went so many
1: damn times oh my god and this motherfucker got married way more. Well, I'm not married, but way more than me.
2: <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing is, I mean, you have to think like I, I mean, I don't I don't know anything about these women, so I can't say you know, I, I can't say anything about them, but there had to be some level of desperation, some level of like They don't think they can do any better than this guy that's got this terrible past. But he's almost like a, kind of like on Blackbird, like a serial confessor. Like, Mm -hmm. he he says all these things, like, to make himself look better, bigger, badder, all the things. But it's like, no, the shit that you've actually done is terrible enough. So that's why I'm like, I don't know how much that stuff about his childhood is true. Now, with that said, of course, his parents are going to be like, we didn't do anything to make him like this because they don't want to shoulder any blame of, Mm -hmm. a fucking serial killer nobody does so of course they're going to paint themselves in the best light so the truth is somewhere in the middle yeah i'm still stuck on this elevator also i want to know when they replaced it did shit go down bad choice of words but you get my point like did (laughs) did like stuff happen as they were replacing it i wonder
1: oh gosh i don't know but i don't want to be the worker on that and does
2: stuff still happen like does it still break does it still do some of the stuff like
1: who sticks their head because that's got it's
2: got to be a real old one to be like where is this thing and like stick your head in the shaft uh-huh.
1: yeah well that was all yeah like when it was old but um i'm impatient but i ain't sticking my head in an empty <laughs> hole seeing where like let me see where it's coming no, well, no no there goes your saturday night
2: miss i'm not sticking my head <laughs> in the hole to see where it's coming
1: I said an empty hole. Well, it couldn't be full and get your big head in it. That is true. That (laughs) is true. But seriously, I am not doing that at all. Like, I'll just wait. People, I love when people like scoff off and they like, I'm just going to take the stairs. (laughs) All right. I won't see you again because I got to still wait 10 minutes on this elevator. But yeah. I ain't taking those stairs. Okay. Depends okay. on <laughs> how many floors high.
2: But that was the one of the tallest buildings in Dallas for a long time. So, you know, that's a lot of stairs to schlep up and down. Now, yeah, I ain't doing that. With your luggage, too. No, thank you.
1: No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. Not doing it. I will go downstairs. Yeah, but that hurts my knee. Look, all I know is when we did both of our meetups in Atlanta and we had to go upstairs At that tavern. That was a lot of work. It was. Why was it so high? And it's so hot up there. Why did we do that two times? Well, I don't know. They said we could be down on the lower the second time. Because I was like, I don't want to go up those stairs. Now I said... I am a big girl, and I don't want to go up the stairs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we have this place upstairs. That's where I didn't want to go. Well, hopefully,
2: we'll tell y'all next week when we come back how the meetup was in Dallas.
1: If Bar Louie is the same where we're, like, having to go upstairs, great. Two things
2: I-, I do want to say about last week's episode.
1: Oh, yeah, yep,
2: mm-hmm. Well, see, uh, your girl has uh, an issue with... Um, switching letters around and I had (laughs) said his name wrong. I said
1: Greenwich, and it's Gingrich. Yeah, yes. And then she was going to come at me with a fucking attitude. Over text. She said, I you think you did. said his name wrong. I was like, I listened to it on
2: multiple things to make sure I didn't say it wrong. She was yeah, like, Yeah, no, and that's
1: how they said it. She was like,
2: No, you definitely put an R and I was like, back.
1: I said, Oh, okay. I was just making sure because when she spelled it, it didn't have an R in <laughs> that, like the G R sound. I was like, Oh, okay. And she was like, Yeah. Ah. And I was like, Hmm okay. And she like spelled it out for me. And I was like, yeah, that's not what you said. I'm listening to it right now. And you did say Greenwich. Also, when she was doing it, she has a hard time saying Greenwich. And she was sounding it out before and she was like Greenwich. And I was like, damn, she has another person with the last name of Greenwich or whatever, because you've had trouble with that before. And I was like, huh. Okay, didn't think anything of it. No one batted an eye because I didn't know who she's talking about until I did, and she was wrong. But she was also wrong about something else, so go ahead and tell the peeps.
2: Okay, so Tiffany had found this thing um, where I was wrong about the Amish with some of their taxes. They don't pay all (laughs) the same taxes as us, but they do have to pay some income tax, sales tax, and some property tax.
1: Yeah. So I was wrong about some of that. So what Carrie's saying is... Don't take her word to the bank. What is, what did my dad always say? And you could take that to the bank. They won't cash that check, okay? But what we do want you to do is have a great Monday. Yes. Or Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever you're listening to this. And remember. keep it real. And and don't don't get get scared. scared.
0: Selling a little. Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. shopify.com slash audioboom.
1: Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts.
2: O, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.